0: A lot of people say that young people are, you know, the next generation, but I really think that we are the here and now.
1: From Honeycomb, this is Outside the Sadaka Box, the Jewish Youth Engagement and Philanthropy Education podcast. I am your host, Danielle Siegel. Each episode, we will have a conversation with an amazing guest who will share their unique stories and help us explore the broader world of Jewish youth engagement and philanthropy education. I'm delighted to introduce our two guests for today's episode. Kara Lapatin moved to Detroit almost three years ago and is a senior at Farber Hebrew Day School. As a second year member of the Jewish Fund team board, Kara is also a member of the Honeycomb Youth Ambassadors Council. She's also a branch head of B'nai Akiva a Bronfman Fellow, a Friendship Circle volunteer, a community builder of Kehillat ed Chaim, and a High Lifeline motivational speaker as a two-time cancer survivor. Jordana Hosman is a high school senior from Deerfield, Illinois, who has served in Chicago's Voices, the Jewish Teen Foundation Board at the Jewish United Fund for the past two years. She's also a member of the Honeycomb Youth Ambassadors Council. Outside of the Jewish philanthropy community, Jordana is actively involved in courses that champion women's rights, including leading her school's Gender Equality Club, founding Chicago's first conference for STEM and business-oriented high school girls, and conducting Jewish feminist research. Jordana and Kara, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on we are really lucky we've never had young people on the show before so i am so excited to talk to you both today i think you two have such wonderful stories and so many great things to offer the field and your fellow teens and actually especially adults as well so i really appreciate you taking the time to chat to me today so Just to learn a little bit more about you, Jordana, where are you from and what is uh, taking up your time in your life at the moment? Sure. Well,
0: again, thanks so much, Danielle, for having Kara and I on. Um, I'm from the northern suburbs of Chicago. I live around a half hour from the city and I'm pretty involved in um, obviously Jewish philanthropy as well as a lot of my other activities revolve around social justice and community organizing.
2: Kara, what about you? Yeah, so I currently live in Detroit, Michigan. I was born uh, in Chicago and then I moved to um, New York when I was going into fifth grade. And then I moved to Detroit when I was going into 10th grade. Um, I just graduated high school.
1: So if you were gonna
2: describe
1: Jewish teen philanthropy to someone who had never heard of it, how would you describe it to them? Jordana, what do you think? Uh, For me, Jewish teen philanthropy really
0: means giving in the pursuit of justice. So we, um, you know, raise funds and then allocate them to organizations in the hopes that we're um, bettering the world.
2: Uh, I really agree with what Georgiana said. Um, It was really beautiful. And that I would just add that for me Teen philanthropy um, boards are opportunities for teens to participate in the philanthropy experience and to understand and gain the perspectives of what goes on um, behind nonprofits and how nonprofit organizations are able to exist and help so many people.
1: So you are both busy young people. are you? You're doing school, you're doing all your other extracurricular activities. What was it about teen philanthropy that got you involved in the first place? Yeah, I think for me, the reason why I wanted to get become involved with teen
0: philanthropy is like the unique ability for teens and young people to make like a tangible impact. I think a lot of times when people hear the words like teens and money together, they think like that's not really a good thing. You know, teens are irresponsible, We don't know what to do with money. We're kind of reckless. So I think when I found out about the idea of teen philanthropy in general and then that paired with Jewish values, it was really a compelling opportunity for me to be able to learn about nonprofits and then actually be able to raise money myself and be the person who's allocating it.
2: Yeah, that's really interesting for me. It was mainly I'm just always looking for new, you know, programs and organizations and different activities to be involved in, both in and out of the Jewish community. And this I thought was like a great way for me to become involved in a community that I haven't been involved in before, and also to meet a lot of different people. What do you think is a key skill that you
1: learned from doing a program like this that you've managed to use in another area of your life?
0: I think for me, uh, a main skill that I've learned would be consensus building and like the importance of compromise. Um, On my team board a lot, we focus on consensus building. We have to recognize that not everyone is going to agree on something, but we have to come to kind of the best agreement that most people would agree on and kind of benefits the, the group and these organizations as a whole. And I've noticed that I definitely use that a lot in other aspects of my life, whether that be like With my friends and family, you know, when we're just making decisions or my other extracurriculars, I think compromise is such an important part of life in general, because, you know, not everyone is going to agree with you all the time and have the same opinion as you. But you have to respect that and come to like a mutually beneficial solution.
2: Yeah, for sure. To add on also just like a lot of listening skills um, and how to like hear other people's ideas and where they're coming from, because, you know. All of these teens are on this board together and we're, at least on my board, we're given $50,000 and it's just like, okay, figure out what to do with it. And so, you know, everybody has different ideas and everyone has different values and different priorities. But once you start to listen to other, what other people have to say, then you're like, oh, that's a good idea. Oh yeah, we should really focus on that. So you
1: mentioned uh, values and the fact that learning about Jewish values comes into This program a lot it is a lens through which um, a lot of this program is is taught and experienced for you both at the moment what would you say is your primary guiding Jewish value
0: for me it's tzedakah and tzedek Uh, just pursuing justice is something that's always been important to me especially through the lens of my interest in Judaism and a lot of my other um, activities lie in the social justice realm. And so I think for me, one of the coolest parts of Judaism as a whole and uh, Jewish teen philanthropy is that a lot of our religion is actually centered on values of social justice and helping the world around us. Sedek teared off, you know, pursuing justice always is like core value of Judaism. And for me, that carries over into a lot of my other social justice pursuits, you know, making sure that we're helping out people who are the most marginalized in our society.
2: And also about just that Judaism values life, values people's lives, um, no matter if you're a Jew or if you're not a Jew. I think that that value is like really important to me. And so um, I think like through philanthropy, I think we are able to, you know, really work towards that goal.
1: We have lots of different Jewish youth philanthropy programs around the country, and each of you are at two wonderful, very prominent programs. Uh, We know that a lot of our programs go through roughly the same cycle, but every program looks different. So I'd love to hear from you about something that you see as really unique or special about your program.
2: The diversity of the members and how, you know, people come from different you know, religious backgrounds, but also different income levels and different, different races. So I think that, that diversity just adds on a whole other factor of like, you know, of people's values and priorities that they come into the board with. And so that makes it, you know, a lot more interesting um, because you get to see all these different perspectives. Kind
0: of different from Kara's board, we have a little bit of a different model when it comes to fundraising and matching and all that. So the first year of our program, which is called Voices 101, all first year um, board members will go through it. We receive a donation of $25,000 as our base, but then we still have to do additional fundraising if we want to kind of add on to that number. And then continuing on, which I think is really one of the more unique parts of our program and one of my favorite parts is the Voices alumni program. After you have completed your first year, we um, don't really get any matching. so the team board has to raise all of the money ourselves, which I think has been a really cool and rewarding um, part of the experience for me. We organize fundraisers and other events to help raise money. And I think that's been super cool. Um, and it's helped me understand the difficulty of uh, raising money, which is has been really hard, but also how cool it can be in the end when you are the one who gets all the money yourself after putting in the work.
2: And I, I feel like after, you know, you said that, that just goes back to that question of what skills you've gained. I feel like that's a huge skill um, that like you'll probably use a lot throughout your life is how to raise money and how to like reach out to the community to do that. Yes, definitely.
0: That was probably one of the hardest parts for me when I joined the board is having to ask for money because I think it's much harder than people think it is.
1: And this program, it is Youth Philanthropy, but very specifically it's Jewish Youth Philanthropy. And how have you found the Jewish components and the Jewish identity building components of this program, um, how have you found that that has affected you and that has had uh, a, a positive kind of force on your life?
2: So I, you know, grew up in a modern Orthodox community in Chicago, New York and Detroit and i've gone to jewish day schools throughout my life and my father's a rabbi he's a rabbi of our shul so of our synagogue so my life is very uh jewish um centered but i never really saw like the philanthropy side of judaism um and how you know judaism plays into philanthropy and like i just never really thought about it but i think that like it is a little bit different than it it, uh, you know, our board would would be different if it wasn't a Jewish philanthropy uh team board. I mean, first of all, just because of, for my board, 70% of our money, of our funds, have to go to Jewish nonprofit organizations. So already, that's a huge, uh, huge thing. But also just we talked about the values that fuel Jewish philanthropy, because those Jewish values are so central um to Judaism, and then like can be applied to philanthropy. Um, I think that makes a big difference also.
0: In my case, um, I've grown up reform my whole life. So, you know, Judaism has definitely uh, played an important role in my life, but kind of in a less observant sense. But when I um, got to high school, I became really involved in social justice and community organizing. That's just something that's kind of been central throughout my uh, experience as a teen. And I was really looking for um, kind of a way to like infuse my Judaism into that. And a youth philanthropy was the perfect way to do that because I could see kind of how my uh, passion for social justice and my love for Judaism intersected in a really beautiful way where I can be guided by my these central Jewish values that I kind of learn about in, in my teen philanthropy board and also see the impact that they have. On the wider community in the Chicagoland area across the country and even in Israel.
1: At the moment, there are a lot of young people making change in the world, and it's really the young people who are spearheading a lot of the changes that are happening. What does it mean to you to? to be a young person who is really involved in making change and making big decisions. And have you seen another young person who's in the public eye who you have taken any inspiration from?
0: I think um, for me, kind of being a young person really uh, means that a lot of people say that young people are you know, the next generation, but I really think that we are the here and now. And it's just really incredible to see so many young people my age or even younger, you know, 14 and 15 years old who are organizing uh, marches and strikes and rallies to advocate for important causes. For me personally, I wouldn't say this is really like one figure, but I think um, after the the shooting in Parkland, Florida in 2018, I was really moved by the um, survivors of the shooting who started a gun violence prevention organization afterwards, which I'm actually involved in now. And I've gotten to, you know, meet and speak with some of them. And it's been a really rewarding experience. And they were really only my age, around 14 and 15 years old. And they were able to build this organization and fight for change against gun violence in the halls of Congress and on the streets.
2: I think, Sometimes it's a lot of pressure because everything is like, oh, the youth—they're the future—and um, everything. So we're like, oh my gosh, like we gotta, like gotta get going. But I think that's like a good thing, and I think that like empowers us and makes us excited to create change and make a difference, and like use the tools and resources we're provided with um, to do that. And I think it's cool because there are people like. In in a lot of like these rallies and marches, there are people involved who have, you know, been involved in social justice for a really long time. Um, and then there's also like, you know, little kids like and, and teenagers. And I think that's really beautiful to see that, you know, people of different ages can work together to make change. And it's again, going back to that diversity factor and that, um, you know, different ages have different things to offer.
1: the most common misconceptions about young people
0: today? I think there's kind of a spectrum for me I've noticed at least it's either people think that you know teens have to change everything now and all of this weight falls on our shoulders or people think that you know teens are lazy and unmotivated and all we care about is you know being on our phones and watching tv and sitting at home on technology and I think there's really there's really no in between but I think either Either misconception is really harmful because, as we can see, you know teens are really out there making change and and we're not just you know stuck at home. And I also think that brings up a great point about how technology actually can be levied to really make positive change and organize uh, global political and social movements as well um, and then, on the other hand, I think that expecting teens and young people to Uh, have to do all this work to create change, really that shouldn't fall on our shoulders. We're so young and um, we need to work with people who are older than us who have more experience to make these changes. And that uh, responsibility shouldn't automatically fall on us.
2: Yep. Um, And also just another like point on that spectrum is people who say like teens shouldn't be involved in um, change um, and that it's like step aside because it's only for the adults that oh you're too experienced or you don't know what you're talking about or um like you don't know anything and you know and i think that's also very harmful when people say that because we have got like we have our own personal experiences um and our own knowledge
1: so um jordana you mentioned tech
2: and how it really has um uh,
1: you've had that opportunity to use it as a bridge and an organizing tool, um, and I was wondering if, um, Kara, you'd have a, you'd had a similar experience. Have you found that tech has been largely positive for you over the last couple of years, especially with COVID, or has it been difficult
2: to to leverage that? Probably both, because technology and social media has really allowed us to like spread the word and to be activists, even you know throughout COVID, and even if like we can't. Um, do anything like physically, you know, we were, um, able to like make it, people are able to make a difference through social media and through technology and to organize events. And like that was helpful through technology, but at the same time, there was a lot of misinformation that was shared through social media. And it, I mean, it still is, and that could be really harmful because then that like really like influences people's opinions. So it could really be both. but. Overall, technology, I think, really helps. Um, And just Zoom is just like, it just that totally like revolutionized just everything during COVID. And just so much was able to happen through because of Zoom and because of different technologies.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Kara, about the uh, like misinformation and disinformation piece. I noticed a lot um, that a lot of times, like you said, people kind of take things for face value and don't really look into them. And that's never a good thing. And I think we, I think that social media uh, is ultimately like a really, you know, positive thing and a, a force for good. But we also have to, you know, use our critical thinking skills. And when we see something that we're not so sure of, we should look into it further rather than just taking something for what it is right away.
2: Yeah. And just another thing that technology helped with um, is making connections between, you know, people like different people who would not have met who couldn't have met in person or maybe like through technology they were able to coordinate something that they were able to meet in person but I think a lot of really important connections could be made because of the technology that we have
1: and both your programs were online this year right because of you you weren't necessarily meeting in person so you had your your youth philanthropy programs all over zoom is that right
2: yes same I didn't really realize like i didn't really think it would be able to work couldn't really imagine how site visits would work but it was it turned out really well and we were able to you know meet with the board and um using different like apps and stuff like that like to communicate and stuff you know we would make sure that people were able to share everything that was on their mind that was something that really came out of it that was like surprising um but that was really good and just for in terms of site visits. It was, they were all over Zoom, but we interviewed the heads of the organizations. So I think like that it worked out so well. I'm just grateful that we have this technology because then we were able to meet.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think this last year has really shown me that with technology, a lot of things are possible, um, really more so than we ever could have thought before, Uh, like Kara my teen board was also operating fully online and we conducted site visits and and met every month online. And it ended up being a really successful process, despite the fact that we weren't ever able to meet in person. And so I think just coming out of COVID and this, this dark time as a whole, we can really kind of look at this light that technology has brought all of us together from all uh, parts of the world and the country even you know on this podcast here we're all in different spaces but we're still able to
1: connect so i'm going to play a little game with both of you it is our signature outside the Sudoku box game it's called on the money you are both being tasked with redesigning the dollar bill So I am going to give you a choice of two different entities or two different people, and you have to tell me which one you think you would put on the dollar bill and why. So your first pairing of who you would put on the dollar bill, we have Gloria Steinem or Gertrude Stein. Okay. I'm going to go first. <laughs> love
0: Gloria Steinem, a Jewish feminist. She's one at heart. Um, but yeah, because, you know, I I'd identify as a Jewish feminist. I love Gloria Steinem. I love the work that she's done and definitely would love to have her on a dollar bill.
2: I think I would have to agree because she's just, she's just, she's accomplished so much and um, she's very uh, passionate and it's just so inspiring to me as a young Jewish woman, like Jordana said.
1: Okay, next pairing. Who would you put on a dollar bill? Maya Rudolph or Jenny Slate? I don't know. This is like hard, though.
0: I don't know. That's really good. I don't know. I don't, what have... the, I don't know what my reason is, though, if I choose one of them. I don't know. Like, I don't have a reason. I, just...
2: I, think, I think then I'll choose Jenny Slate. Well, actually, let me see. Let me see what movie. Oh, I love
0: movie of oh, Bridesmaids. She was in so many good movies. Also, she's so funny on SNL. I forgot she was in 51st Dates. Wait, I love that movie. <laughs> also a great movie. <laughs> see, this is what I'm saying. There's so many good movies. Yeah, Wait, these down. are
1: both great.
0: <laughs> you pick two. You pick really good people, Danielle. This is
1: the Wait, problem. she was in <laughs> Shrek the third? I just saw that too. What? Right, so I think we might we might have, might have to make room for both Maya and Jenny on, on our Girl. So well, thank you so much for playing on the money with me. That was so much fun. Jordana and Cara, thank you so much for joining me today and really we are very lucky to have people like you in the programs and in the network and I'm so excited about what you're going to be doing next. Really thank you for for all the work that you do. So really appreciate it. And thank you so much for joining today. Yeah, thanks again so much for having us, Danielle. Thank you so much. It was so great to talk with you guys. Just a reminder to check out our brand new website, honeycomb.org, where you can find all our resources, materials and future events. Also subscribe to our podcast. You can listen to us on your favorite podcasting platform we are on all of them and you can also listen on our website so thank you cara and jordana for joining us today and we will see everybody next time outside the Sedaka box is produced by honeycomb the leading resource for Jewish youth philanthropy. To find out more, visit our website at honeycomb.org. Thank you for listening and look out for our next episode coming soon. Don't forget to subscribe. Until then, bye friends.